adults in church this morning. So glad that you're here today. Boy, I hope that, uh, hope that you enjoyed worship today. Man, I, I, maybe it's just me, but I was, I was just loving that today. It was good stuff. It's one of those days when I thought, you know, message is probably the best message that people will ever hear today, but maybe we should just let the worship team do the whole set all over again and just, just sing today. And I thought, nah, that's... Got to get the message in, but no, really, it was, uh, I really enjoyed that today. It was really good. Um, something about worshiping reminds you of, and I've heard this said before, it's not mine, but it reminds you of all these giant problems that we bring in, you know, the things that are so big on our minds. It reminds you really how big our God is and how small our problems are in comparison to everything else and what's really important in life. Um, Hey, before I jump into the message, though, let me remind you of a couple of awesome things going on right now. This is the last week of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. We've been praying, and uh, many of us have been fasting different things in our lives, from Netflix to eating out to all different kinds of stuff. Uh, and it's just in, in honor of God and drawing close to Him, just sacrificing little things in our life and reminding us of who he is in our life. And so this is the last week. It ends this coming Sunday, a week from today. And this Tuesday morning from 6.30 to 10.30 will be our last Tuesday morning prayer. And uh, I would love to have you stop in sometime between 6.30 and 10.30. Pray for a few minutes and uh, just start your day off right. Come and encourage those that are here and uh, start your day off right. That's really what it's about, starting your day off right. And so that's, that's this week, final week, and uh, it's going to be good. And also, uh, throughout this month, we're, we're launching our small groups, our point groups that we call it here at South Point. So uh, if you're not in a small group or if you feel like it's time to lead a group, there are brochures throughout the auditorium on the seats or just stop by the welcome booth in there. They have uh, some brochures for you. And we would love to see you get plugged in to a small group. That was the focus of the entire message last week is how important that part of community is and having somebody in your life as iron sharpens iron, the Bible says, so one person sharpens another. To have people in your life that encourage you and sharpen you and pray for you, pray for you even when it's not. 21 days of prayer, you know, throughout the year. And um, it, it's, it's just an awesome thing to be a part of a small group. So I want to encourage you to do that. If you have your orange bulletin, grab that. We're in the middle of this series called Shift. Called Shift. Let me ask one more time. Who's ever uh, driven a stick shift in here? Woo, that's most everybody. Who has not driven a stick shift? Come on, let me see. Yeah, okay, cool. You, you should. You should find somebody that has one and dump their clutch before you die, okay? Um, I'll never forget learning with my dad. He had, uh, I shared this the first week, a 66 Ford pickup truck with three on the tree, three shift, or three on the three speed on the column, and uh, went out in the country to a gravel road. And boy, you don't want to learn to drive a standard on a gravel road. You throw gravel everywhere. You slide through stop signs. Maybe it was just me, but I think other people have done that too. And it's something you never forget. Um, and really learning how to do that helped me with other things all growing up. Helped me learn how to run other mechanical things. So um, this series is not necessarily about cars. <clears throat> cars and clutches and gears and all that. We're using that as the analogy. This series is... All on this premise. All right, it's the first series of the month, so it's all about small changes making big differences. Small changes equaling big differences in our lives. That, that is the truth of everything in our life, right? How many of you know that to be the case? 
Yeah, small changes, a little change in direction, a little change in our eating habit, a little change in the way we spend our time. Those kind of things over the long haul make huge differences in our lives. And when we talk about it in the spiritual context, really, we understand as believers that it's not just spiritual, that everything is spiritual, and that the spiritual things in our life affect our physical lives, right? So when we say at South Point, our, really our individual, but especially our corporate purpose in this life is exactly what's on that wall in the lobby. Matthew 22, Jesus said, greatest commandments, to love God and to love people. And on these commandments, these two things, this single premise, hang all the other things. Everything else you'll do in life, all the physical things, the emotional things, the partnerships, the contracts, the relationships, all of those things, they hinge on loving God and loving people. Then we believe at South Point, if that's the case, then we need to find ways and value things that help us to do that, right? Are y'all with me this morning? Poke your neighbor and say, help this guy, he's going to need it this morning, all right? So... The last couple of weeks, we've talked about that. We've talked about those things that we value at South Point. Those, we kind of call them gears or, or uh, steps this, this month. But the first one is to know God, right? To know God. More than anything, we want you to know God. We don't want you to sit at South Point, attend every service for 20 years and not know God. We want you to know God. How many of you think that's the most important thing is to know God, right? The, the, the second thing is to grow your faith. We also don't want you to to hang out and just absorb what's going on, but we want you to grow your faith. We want you to take steps in your faith, mature your faith. That's super important. The third step or the third gear, the third value is to uh, discover your purpose in life. Man, I'm telling you, when you discover your purpose, there's a whole new world that opens up. Somebody turns on the lights to what's going on in life and why I'm here and why God gave me breath and why these things are happening or not happening in life. It all is connected to my purpose in life. And the fourth one, when you get those three things ginning, when you know God, when you grow in your faith, when you're discovering your purpose, those three things come together, then we make a difference in this world. That's what it's all about. So those are the, the steps, the gears that we line out all of our ministries. Everything that we do at South Point funnels through there. And today we're going to focus on one of them. We're going to focus on discovering your purpose and how we go about doing that at South Point. Because the main word, the main statement for discovering your purpose is this, is spiritual gifts. I'm analyzing how everyone reacts when I say spiritual gifts. I do it every time. It's so fun to talk about spiritual gifts. It's so fun to talk about weird things in the spirit, right? Oh, yeah, I got you now. Because depending on how you were raised, depending on what your church background is, if any, those words, spiritual gifts, mean so many things to so many different people. I've been amazed as a pastor when I have one of these kind of messages and we talk about these things, how people will come up to me afterwards and say, I totally agree with that. I never knew those things. I'm going to go home and study it. All the way to the other side of the spectrum is very skeptical of you now. Don't know what to think about you if you believe that. And I've had them all in between. I love it. And, and my goal for this is to not give you Scott's opinion, right, as with every message. Not give you Scott's opinion, but to talk about what Scripture say and how we can follow Scripture. Amen? Are you with me on that? Can I, can I tell you why I don't give Scott's opinion? Because I have found a secret. Here it is. Scott's opinion will change. Did you know that? Depending on what happens in my life, depending on what happens to me and around me, my opinion changes. And that's why I have to go back to God's word and say, okay, hold on, Dependent, despite how I feel, what's God's word say? Amen? 
What's God telling me in his word? That's how he speaks to us. So today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12 says it like this. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Elbow your neighbor say he's talking about you. All right? He, every single one of us have at least a gift. Something that God has tied together that he's put in your life specifically for you. Something that he's helping you to discover. He's helping you to understand. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're not talking about something that only pastors or clergy have. That, that's, that would be scary, right? If just a couple of people still had that. Since Christ was here, we all have spiritual gifts. It's, uh, sometimes I call them pastor problems when people think it's only the pastors that, that get the gifts. Because if, like, I've been fishing with my buddies before. We were out fishing and like the clouds roll in, you know what I mean? And they're like, hey, Scott, can you do something? I'm like, no. What, like, what, do you, what do you think? Like me and Jesus just like hang out and play golf together? Like some people think like pastors have this special box of gifts that only we get. What I love about that is, some, pe- some people have preached that before. What I love about that, God's word says, despite how I feel, God's word says that each of us are given spiritual gifts. Everybody in this room. And throughout our life, and let me just tell you, it takes a lifetime. Our goal should be to discover those spiritual gifts so that we discover our purpose in them. Amen? That's what we're going to unpack today. We're going to unpack some of those things. Let me first give you a definition of a spiritual gift. I've used this for the last several years. Uh, you'll, you may recognize this. And here's a spiritual gift. This is, this is my version of it, but I've taken multiple verses and put together for this. A spiritual gift is a special supernatural ability that God gives each to, to each of his children so that together... Everybody say together. Oh, it's so important. So that together we can advance his purposes in this world. That's what it's all about. How many of you ever have read in the Bible that we are a body? Why? We often refer to we're the body of Christ as a church. We're the body. But Jesus and Paul both also refer to us as bodies. As bodies. And, and Paul even breaks it down anymore. Some of us are toes. Some of us are ears. Some of us are... Um, well, you just fill in the blank. How about that? I'm going to get in trouble if I keep going. But we're, the, the point is that all of us are different parts of the body. And the finger by itself is no good, right? But you attach that finger to a body and it's crucial. It can do things that only that finger can do. But it takes the body working together to accomplish the purpose of the body. Y'all with me on that? So we're going to unpack a couple of things today to help us to stay focused on discovering our purpose and what that really means when it pertains to spiritual gifts. I hope that you walk out of here today with some good stuff. I hope that you walk out of here today and that God really is connecting some dots with some things in your life, some abilities, some tendencies, the way that you see things, all of that to what His purpose is for your life. Because I totally believe after reading God's Word that those things are interconnected on purpose. Amen? They're made that way on purpose. So here's number one. Number one is to discover the gifts that God has given me. If we're going to discover our purpose, we need to discover the gifts that God has given me. Romans 12 says it like this. We have different gifts according to the grace given to us. 
We have different gifts. Aren't you glad about that? We don't have to compare them with anybody. Each one of us has a different gift. Maybe out of 150, 200 people in here, that, that's how many different gifts there are in this room. There's hundreds of different gifts in this room. And we don't have to worry about that. And it, I love that ver- version because it says in Romans 12, according to the grace that God gave us. You think about that. What, if I was asking you, what kind of grace did God give you? Well, ultimately, God gave us all his grace. But what kind of grace was that? Was it, was it a truck full of grace? Was it a cup full of grace? Was it over and over and over and over and over again grace? Because I think about my past and the decisions I made. And when God came into my life when I was 23 years old, it's much different than the grace given to somebody who received Christ at 7 years old. Same grace, different way that they were given that. And it's amazing that that 7-year-old, that 8-year-old that received Christ, God has gifts in their life starting right then. And even though I didn't receive God's grace till I was 23, God has gifts in my life that his grace activates at 23 years old. Amen? Like it, it, and, and the Bible says that the gifts of God are irrevocable. That means he doesn't take them back. He gives you those gifts. You're born with those gifts. It's according to the grace God has given to us. Amen? Listen, listen to it like this in Psalm 139. For you created my inmost being. I think David understood this when he's writing about his gifts and and how God has used him in the nation of Israel. He said, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. It sounds just like a guy, doesn't it? Just like a man talking. I'm fearfully and wonderful. Like a lady, y'all look in the mirror and it's, it's always something, right? Maybe it's just in my house, but it's always like, I need to fix this right here. And this is a little short right here. And I need to do a guy. We can be 350 pounds of weight going, yeah, looking pretty good, right? That, when I read this, I think that is that's totally a man writing this. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And here's where, listen to this. And all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. David, at his age, as a king of Israel, watching the things that God has done in his life, in, in hindsight, David is starting to connect some of the dots. He's starting to connect who God is with who he is. Like, God, this, this guy that has messed up, that has killed tens of thousands of people, that has had an affair, that has been forgiven, that has ran a kingdom, that has ran off enemy, all of this stuff in David's life. He said, I'm starting to understand that you knit me together in my mother's womb. I'm starting to understand that you were in this from the beginning. And the abilities that I have and the way that I think and the things that I perceive. Let me just tell you, church. The way that you love some things, God designed you to love those things. Did you know that? The, the way that you uh, have, maybe you look at somebody and uh, they're sitting alone and you feel for them and your heart goes out to them and you go, hey, let's go sit with them or let's ask them. Those are your gifts coming out. Where God has taken your genetics and he's added that word called super, right? And made this natural, supernatural. And because you're putting your faith in him, he's connecting the dots with what he's created in here and what's going on out here. The Bible says that there are gifts of mercy. That's, that's, what, that's what those things are. They're gifts of love. Do you know there are gifts of leadership? 
Some people are just born leaders. Have you ever been around one of those people? Are you married to one of those people? Yeah, one of those people when they go, hey, let's do this. Let's pick this up. Let's move this. Let's arrange this over here. And it goes on for like six hours. Yeah, they're leaders. It's not their fault. Blame God, okay? God has wired them that way. There are people that the Bible says are gifts of service. Have you ever been around somebody that just wants to love on you, that just wants to help you in any way possible? I look at my grandma. My grandma has a gift of service. My grandpa has a gift of being served. When, when me and my wife were dating, we went to my grandpa's house, and we're having this big, they have a big, long table, just like you'd imagine at grandpa's house, and there's about 15 of us sitting around it. And my grandpa, he's finished off his tea, and he just shakes his glass. Yeah, ladies, get your elbows ready. All right, He just shakes his glass, and my wife, she backed her face right up into her neck and looked at me like, what is going on here? And I'm like, relax. I'm just kind of giving it, just relax. And my grandma, she just stops eating, gets up. What do you need, Joe? And gets him, gets him some more tea. Anybody need anything else? And we're constantly, you may have a grandma like this, we're constantly going, Grandma, sit down. Sit down, and Joe, we'll, we'll get our own tea. And about that time, something else. Hey, Wanda, would you get me a stick of butter? I forgot to get some. Oh, yeah, and she'll get up. We're like, Mama, quit waiting on him. You're spoiling him. That's her gift. She loves it. We, at times, we have talked her into protesting. Just sit there. It doesn't work with them. That's the way they're made. It's not the way we're made, Jenny and me, but it's the way they're made. We have different gifts, each one of us. Amen? And my job is not to compare what I think you should be doing or I think you should be doing, but it's to give you opportunities to develop those gifts that God has given you. Amen? To not worry about those things. To let God help you discover the gift that he's given you. The second thing is this. Is, well, let, let, me, let, me, let me say this, because I, I said this earlier, but let me give it to you on the screen. When you start discovering those gifts, that God's design in you will reveal God's destiny in you. Like You'll start to see that the way God created you was for the will and the destiny and the purpose that he's called you to. You'll actually fit that. When you start listening to what God has for you, start saying yes to the way God guides you, you will be the most fulfilled human being you know. Because that's what God designed you to be. Amen? That's when we discover our purposes. Don't you love discovering things? I can remember when we went to our, our conference that had uh, the, this, the personality profile and the spiritual gifts assessment that we now do in week two of our growth track. That's why we encourage everybody to go through growth track. It's a great discovery time. But on the way home, we had all the staff in this one vehicle, and we all said, all right, get out your, as we're driving, everybody get out your forms. We're going to go ahead and take our spiritual gifts test. And, you know, it's like any other conference you've ever been to. There's tons of stuff to sort through. But we said, let's, let's do the spiritual gifts assessment first. So we do the assessment. It takes about five minutes. And all through the vein, you hear, mm, oh, yeah, wow, okay. And people are talking to one another, and they're, you're starting to hear that the dots are being connected with the way people behave, the way that we act, the things that we like and dislike. We're starting to see on paper they're connected to spiritual gifts. I, I just thought those are the things I got in trouble for in elementary school. Like, no, God, God bless you with those. You just got to figure out how to wrangle those. Yeah? That's what happened to me. I used to sit out in the hall in sixth grade, and now I get paid to talk. You know, same, same thing. 
learn to work that gift a little different. And then we take about five minutes, you take the, the personality profile. It's not a test or anything like that. You just answer some questions about yourself. And you run those down. And people start saying the same thing. Our staff starts going, oh, my goodness. Oh, I totally get that. And they're showing people, is that me? Like, yes, that's totally you. That's why. And we're connecting all of these dots to the way God designed us, which we think is our genetics. You know what I mean? Like, that's the chromosomes in me. It's the way God designed me to the gifts and the purpose that he's called us to. It's one of the greatest epiphanies that we'll ever get. I want to encourage you, if you've not been through Growth Track, give us three weeks. Give us three weeks. And if you go through all three weeks of Growth Track and you don't like it, go tell Jenny, all right? Not me. Number two, first is to discover your gifts. The second is to develop the gifts God has given you. Develop those gifts. Develop. Everybody say develop. Develop those gifts. Here's something I, you may have never heard before. Do you know that gifts change throughout your life? Gifts change throughout your life. When, when I first became a Christian, you know what I did? I showed up at the church, and I would walk around and ask, can I clean something? Can I straighten up something? Sure, yeah. I mean, nobody's ever going to say no to that. Yeah, we have tons of stuff for you. And then I said, hey, can I help serve in an area? Sure, we, we can, you can stack these things over here. and when You can paint this, and when people show up, you can set this up. You can brew some coffee. You can serve some coffee and all that. But over time, my gifts started, started to mature, started to change, started to morph, however you would want to say that. As God brings about your purpose and your gifts in life, he gives you the direction in which those gifts need to go. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 14. Follow the way of love. All right, pause there for a second. That's, that's the first, that's our purpose, right? Following the way of love. Loving God and loving people. Are you with me on that? that? Follow the way of love. That's the first step that we ought to do. But here we go, the second one, and eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And eagerly desire those. Develop those things that are in you. I would, I would think growth track would be a good step for that. That's a good way to develop that. But I would say the next step would be grab a gear, shift a little bit, and put it in motion. Find out what, what, what you like. What, what's the spiritual gift? This may be my spiritual gift. And then look for an opportunity to use that. You know how quiet that is in here? I can just hear the fan back here going. Look for an opportunity to plug in somewhere. Look for an opportunity to serve, to use that gift, and let God begin to develop what he's put inside of you. The way you see things, the way you appreciate things, the the direction that you feel in life, let God develop that. You know, we have people every week at South Point that miss South Point, that miss service here. Every other Sunday they're gone or whatever it is because they have ministries that we don't offer at South Point that they go and do at at a nonprofit or at a nursing home or something like that because that's their gift. Amen? They're developing that gift that's inside of them. We, We have our dream team at South Point, which is everybody that volunteers at South Point. We have that for that very reason. To help you take, take the first step and start developing the gift that God has given you. First Timothy, Second Timothy, Paul told him in chapter 1, verse 6. For this reason, for this reason, talking about eagerly desiring spiritual gifts. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Let me ask you real quick before we move on. How are you fanning into flame? How are you 
put a little breath on the gift God has given you? How, do you, how are you fanning that into flame? How are you growing that? How are you developing the gift that God has given you? Because there is no greater joy on this planet than God connecting the dots to how he's created you and your purpose in this life. No greater fulfillment. When you get to see God do something in you, and he's not just doing something in you, because he's doing something in you, he's doing something through you, it's one of the greatest things on the planet. You get to see, I'm a part of what God's doing on this planet. I get to be a part of that. You get to be a part of that. God has designed us. The reason he calls us the body of Christ is because he's not here. He's charged us. You go be the body. You be the body. You love people. You help people. You serve people. You do whatever it is because I've given every one of you a different gift. And if you will work together, you can accomplish my purpose on this planet. Man, I am preaching about 712 times better than you are shouting today. But we're going to move on one more time. Third one is this. First is discover your gifts. Second is to develop your gifts. This is how we find our purpose, people. And the third one is to use the gifts God has given me, exactly what I was leading into, to use those gifts. How are we fanning them into flame? Listen, 1 Peter 4.10 says this. I love the New Living Translation version. God has given gifts to each of you for, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And here we go. Listen to the sentence. Manage them well so that, all right? Manage them well, our gifts. Discover them and develop them well. Why? Here's why. So that God's generosity can flow through you. What if, I'm not trying to add to scripture, I'm just trying to unpack it. What if you're the faucet? What if you're the faucet to the rest of your world, to your friends, your family, your life? What if you're the faucet of God's generosity? Depending on how we manage those things. How we manage the gift that God has put in us. Use those gifts. And I want to encourage you. This is how I want to end this message today. I don't want to just talk about discovering our gifts. That's super fun. I'd love to stay on that point all day. I'd love to. I'd love to take questions from the audience and talk about what gifts have you discovered and what's your personality like. Let's talk about how to connect those things. I'd love all of that. I'd love to talk about developing them in the thousands of different ways we try to help with that at South Point. We try to create ways for you to go experiment. Do you like running sound? Let's go run sound. Nope, didn't like that. Okay, that's not your spiritual gift. Let's move you on. Do something else. Find ways. But can I tell you that this is the most important one right here out of all this? To use our gifts. To get out there and try. How do you become a better baseball player? Everybody say practice. Yeah, you practice. Get out there and you use those gifts. You say, plug me in somewhere, coach. Put me on any position. I'll, I'll play any position. But let me get my hand on the ball. Let me get my hand on the bat. Let me get my hand in a glove and get out there and get after it so that I can use the gifts you've given me. Because your word says, not the pastor, but your word says, so that God's generosity can flow through me. That's what I want. Let me ask you a question. How many of you just want a boatload? All God's got for you to flow through you to your friends, to your family, to your neighbors, to your workers, to your enemies, to everybody around you. Listen, that pain and suffering is not going to change your enemies. You know what's going to change them? God's going to change them. God's going to change them through you. I'm the faucet. I better get out there and intervene and crank on the faucet. Let God use me so that his generosity can flow through me and change people's lives. Amen? 
That's what I want us to pray for this morning. Listen, a church that believes God's word, that every single one of us has a spiritual gift, God has created specifically for you to accomplish great things in this world, and that gift, when managed well, opens the faucet to God's generosity to the people in my life and around me, those people believing and practicing that, those are the people that change the world. Those are the people that articles are written about. Those are the people that change villages on the other side of the planet. Those are the people that change their work right here in Oklahoma City. Those are the people that ultimately, what we're talking about next week, that make a difference. Amen? Those are the people that make a difference. That's who I want us to be at South Point, to discover our gifts, to develop them, and to use them so that God's generosity can flow through us. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much. It inspires us. It empowers us. I know, I know exactly what you mean when you say your word is alive and active. Just hearing it, hearing the promises of your word, hearing the information, the inspiration, the truth, it fires us up. It excites us. It brings life to us, Lord. And today as a church body, we say yes to this. Lord, we believe. We believe that each one of us have gifts and abilities you've given us. That you've given every person gifts specifically designed with their genetics, with their personalities. You've given them supernatural gifts. So that together, as the body of Christ... We could accomplish your work, Lord. Not our agenda, but your agenda of changing lives. And so, Lord, today, as we say yes to spiritual gifts, whatever you would want to show us, develop in us, we ask that you would help us to discover those things, Lord. Every person here, I pray every person here, Lord, that you would help our minds and our spirits, our emotions, our personalities to open up today and to begin to see the gifts that you've given us. And give us a heart and a passion, a real hunger, Lord, to develop those. To step out, find ways to fan into flame the gifts that are inside of us. To seek out ways to throw a log on the fire, to, to shift and grab another gear, Lord. And ultimately to manage those gifts. To manage those gifts. So that you could bless the people around us. You could bless us. You could grow us and mature us. Lord, I pray that today your Holy Spirit would be so real in each of our lives. That your Holy Spirit would reveal truth to us. That way past the worship, way past the message, would be who you're calling each one of us to be in here. May your spirit do what only your spirit can do. Open our hearts and our minds, Lord. Let us receive what you would have for us. With your eyes still closed, I'm going to pray one more prayer as I do almost every week. There's nobody looking around this, this prayer or for those in this room today that are deciding it's time. Circumstances have changed, time has changed, whatever. And, and I realize today that it's time that I open up my life and I ask Jesus to come in and be my Lord and my Savior and guide me, teach me, save me, 
Show me his gifts, his calling on my life. If that's you in here today, don't walk out of here without answering that call. I I won't call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you or make you stand up or anything like that. But I do want to ask you, will you take the step today of inviting Jesus into your life? I'm going to pray for you. And as I pray, will you tell him, say, Lord, that's me. Jesus, that's me. It's time. It's time that I surrender my life to you. Lord, I love you today. I thank you that 2,000 years later, there's no less grace than there was when you walked this planet. The same Jesus that taught the crowds, that walked on water, that rose from the dead, is alive and well right here, right now. And you're calling us, just as Pastor Jenny said earlier, you're calling us to come home, to come home. So I pray that today, that those in this room are making decisions to open up their heart and to say yes to you, Lord, that you would come in and save them, that you'd come in and show them your ways, teach them your ways, that from this day forward they would be completely changed, that you would help them to discover the life you have planned for them. Lord, and I pray for all of us today as we get ready to worship and to leave that this week would be different, that this week would be different, that you would show us, Lord, as we step into our gifts and our abilities, that your generosity, your spirit, your love flows from us to the people of this world that are hurting, that so desperately need what we have. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for loving us. And it's in your amazing name that we pray. Amen. 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 Would you stand with us? We're going to worship one more time. Our prayer team is going to come forward. If you need prayer for anything, please come up and let's pray together.